When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome everybody to the first edition of the PHNX Suns podcast here on PHNX, brought to you by our friends at DraftKings, America's number one sports book. Easy enough for me to say. Right off the bat, I'm already screwing up the reads. But what I'm not going to screw up is telling you about the amazing deal they got for you. If you put $1 down on an NFL bet, right? You can get 200 instantly. It's that easy. Use the code PHNX on that DraftKings Sportsbook app. I am joined by the fantastic former sideline reporter for the Phoenix Suns and now my teammate. Thanks, It's Lindsay so. Smith. Hi, Lindsay. how are you? I am good. I'm much better now that we're podcasting again. I think there's we've been off the mics for a while, all four of us, and it's nice to be back here. A, a guy that I've been on the mic with a lot, and I'm wondering why... We continue to do it. It's Saul Bookman. Saul, how are you? Espo, I always love your pleasantries to begin every show. They'll get worse. Oh, I know. I know. I've lived through it. And and a guy that I I genuinely like, and I think everybody does, it's Gerald Borgay. Gerald. Thanks. I don't have a lot to say about that. That's a nice nice intro. Whoever goes after Saul always gets a nice intro. Always. Every single time. So that's the group here. This This is the starting four. Somehow... Uh, we put together a super team, and I'm the minimum veteran uh, contract that goes with it. We've got three of the best in the business, and I'm here to help you guys out. And I want to start off with just talking a little bit about what everybody's been doing since the last time uh, we've seen each other, and, and the people out there have seen everybody. Lindsay, where the heck have you been? What have you been doing? And <laughs> I, I know that the crowd, that the chat's probably going nuts for Lindsay Smith being back on Suns coverage. So you're going to make me blush. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I hope everyone feels the same way at home. Um, no, I mean, like you said, I'm a little rusty. It's, it's been a little bit of time since I've been making videos or doing anything live, but you know, I've just been keeping busy as much as I can. Um, spending a lot of time at home, which has been really great. I'm not going to lie. You guys know sports are never ending and there's so much fun, but you know, I, when you get a little bit of a break, you kind of want to take advantage of it, you know, spend some time with your family members, 
I played Pokemon Go. <laughs> I took naps in the middle of the day. Like, it wasn't bad at all. But I'm super excited to be back in action with you guys. Lindsay regressed to a seven-year-old state. If, it, <laughs> if it'll make you feel more comfortable, you can smack Saul with a mic. Okay. That's, that's, that's Perfect. allowed. I mean, listen, I feel like at every single job, I'm allowed to hit one person, right? Choose wisely. It was an accident with Kelly, <laughs> but here it might be more calculated. Uh, Saul, what have, uh, what have you been doing since we last podcast i know but i don't think the people know so despite regretting this decision to join this <laughs> fucking show yeah uh, yeah we can uh, yeah, right there just go ahead and drop it in the swear jar i was gonna hey, save listen, that from for the from the, yeah for uh well sorry well, you couldn't let me put that bet down I, first you didn't tell me that so there the odds is. were good I'll i know say that. i was trying to make a bunch of money it. yeah everybody knows that it's all right uh <laughs> you know honestly like i haven't been really doing too much we just been sitting around kind of Watching and twiddling our thumbs, trying to figure out what's going on in life. And I left Bally Sports to come do this because I thought working with you tremendous people would be a great honor. And I was almost right with Espo here. Hey, (laughs) Gerald, update the people. Give them what they want. I've been tired of shit, man. I mean, that. that, (laughs) Hey. Wow. Hey. Not have Gerald on the first round. I had me second for sure. Uh, I had to get it in there. Um, (laughs) I don't know, like, covering a finals team was the most fun I've ever had in my career. I think all of us that were covering the team or following the team can agree that this season was what we've been waiting a decade for. So it was a lot of fun, but I'm not used to that postseason grind. I'm not used to games that go beyond April either. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun, but I've just been resting up, spending time with uh, a new bow, and... Uh, you know, drop it. Watching drop that work. Ladies, <laughs> Gerald is taken, if that's what you were wondering on the first episode. Darn, yeah. for all them watching. I, I, I love that you dropped two of them. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> all, two, all two of them. You think our female demographic is much larger than it is. Oh, I hope no. Lindsay can help with that for sure. You know what? I've just been giving you all a break from me because I know it is exhausting to uh, to watch me. But I, I you're going to use this as an opportunity to build community. This is a big deal here at PHNX, especially with the Suns group. We know how passionate Suns fans are on Twitter, on you know, in the comments. We appreciate you all joining us, and we want to build that community. And excited to do it. One way we're going to do that and foster it on this show is with our tip topic of the show, where we're going to throw out a topic. You answer it in the comments, and we will share yours throughout your answers throughout the show and give our answers at the end of the show today is what emoji best describes how you feel about the sun's off season. So get in there. You can tweet it to us at PHNX underscore suns or in the comments. I'm going to screw that up a lot. <laughs> All right. I will you, say the letters you, wrong. You call Lindsay <laughs> Limsy Smith or something. I let it go. I am rusty. <laughs> it's been six weeks since I sat on a mic like this. Limsy. Lindsay Smith. We only have two super chats. Oh. One from Flo. Okay. Hi, Flo. Hello, Flo. Thank you, Flo. Oh, oh hey. by the way, Jared's going to blush. <laughs> that voice Not is the lying. man behind the Mac. It's Shane Diefenbach, our executive producer. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing an executive in there just to make somebody else <laughs> co- uh, uncomfortable in the room. Topic number one today, though. Uh, Real quick, before you yeah, jump jump ship, um, you know, you were talking about uh, commu- uh, community and building a community. And I just want to say that one of the reasons why we're here is because 
you know, as Espo and I were kind of going through the, the finals and kind of watching how everybody was working through the finals and experiencing the finals, um, I just, it, it looked like there was so many different spaces for people to be a part of. And we kind of wanted to centralize that to a degree um, because, you know, I mean, there's like 18,000 Suns podcasts all of a sudden. Um, and not that we want to dominate the space. You know, one thing that we're always going to do is we're going to pump everybody else up because we know that you might value another writer or another broadcaster or another podcast entity. And we don't care. That's that's absolutely fine with us. We love that's cool. everybody that's pumping up the Suns. And that's what this is all about. We want to be a place where you know if you're a Suns fan, you can come here and you're always going to get good content Suns-wise. So yeah. that's that's the most important part There's of room for everyone at the table. And yeah. to be honest, like, I know people use community a lot and it's kind of lost its luster a little bit, if you will, but I think Suns Twitter is so much fun and it's such a supportive community and I think that's something that we really want to embody here like just like you were saying we want to support you guys just as much as you support us and we're creating content to have fun together because at the end of the day if we're not having fun then what's the point of all of this you know what I mean and if we're not having fun together then we're missing the mark because it should be all of us as Suns fans like hanging out shooting the shit having a good time Espo, you're up. I yeah. feel like I have to curse now. Like, is that required? No, because if you force it, it, it just seems isn't going to work. Ridiculous to me, to be honest, that I'm being asked to do this. Not forced. How many puns can I make in a, in a show? Uh, not, <laughs> but, but, I, I I agree though, Lindsay. Community can be very cliche, but with Suns fans, it's never felt that way right. for me. It, it's always felt like you get to be part of, of something, and I'm glad that we get to join that group here. One thing I'm really excited for is we're going to have our PHNX Lounge, which is a Discord chat that our, that our members can join and, and have a discussion as well. Another place to talk Suns, talk all the great teams here in the Valley. That'll be fun as well. Gerald, how are you feeling about, about building a community here? I'm really excited. I've always kind of tried to get along with 99% of the population in general. Everybody. <laughs> but I really do agree that like Suns Twitter has always been an inclusive place. We're not here to you know, say only read our content, only listen to us. Like we are all inclusive. We want to have a lot of these people that have good content, good sons content on the show. Like we want to pump everybody up and get pumped up in turn. That's what it's all about. So ELE, everybody love everybody. You, you won't, you won't hear hardly anything negative about any other outlet or any other writer or any other person, unless they say something just completely blasphemous or ask a terrible question in a finals, uh, you know, after, after, you know, post game. Uh, I'm going. I'm, I'm kidding. Gonna, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm sidestep whatever that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm gonna, <laughs> speaking of great quality content that we need to pump up, you have a fantastic piece on gophnx.com today about Thad Young and what that could look like uh, for him to join the Suns. Talk a little bit about the piece and share your initial thoughts on what a deal would look like potentially. To get him here. Yeah, so, I mean, just quick background. This piece that I wrote today and the video component that I put together with it is exactly why I wanted to come and work here, just to be able to do this kind of really fun and creative content. Um, I didn't used to always have time for this kind of stuff, and I just really dove into it because um, in late August, Sham Sharania reported that the Suns were interested in Thad Young and trading for him. He just got traded to the Spurs. 
And so I just kind of took that and ran with it and decided to do a little video breakdown on what he would look like on the Suns um, and how he would facilitate for this group as a big man. Um, so it's really in-depth. It's really fun. But I do want to bring up what it would take to get him because obviously it would be a trade. So um, if we could pull up the trade graphic, it's going to take probably Dario Saric and Jalen Smith and then some draft compensation of some sort. And this is where the haggling comes in because it's either going to be two second rounders or a protected future first. So I kind of want to kick it to you guys based on that trade offer and what you know about Thad Young to this point. Do you think he's someone that's worth a kind of package like that? Saul looks like he's got thoughts. Saul's ruminating. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to have the flexibility to replace Dario. Um, but outside of that, I don't know if I would trade – two second rounders and, and whoever else you would have to trade to get, make that deal done. I just, I, w I don't think I would be on board with that at all. A team like this, why do you need second round? At this point, you're all in. Your window is open. I, I'm of the belief, deal the talent now uh, if, if you need to, to get a guy like a Thad Young in the building. Mm -hmm. He gives you that depth that you were missing that cost you uh, a, a chance to win a title last year. You were, you were soft at the big man spot. You can add a guy that fits that point five offense that Monty loves to run. Uh, it seems like a good character guy and a guy that can rebound. I would go all in on this kind of move because, really, Jalen Smith, you're hoping someday is as good as Thad Young. Dario is injured, and you don't know it, what he's going to come back as. And draft picks, well, we know how bad draft picks can go uh, in this town at times. So, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Lindsay, what are your kind of thoughts on I this? feel like I'm in the middle of you guys because I agree on both. Like, I don't want to go too hard on it, but I also agree that I think it could really help us, especially against guys like Giannis and AD, like just that toughness and that grit that he would bring. I think he could be really good to toss in there and throw at those guys, like not for obviously a lot of amount of time, but I think he could really help the team in those type of situations. And plus, like, he brings that veteran experience, and this team, like, it seems like we're like, okay, Michael Jordan, you know, F them kids, we're moving on, <laughs> and we're going straight towards, like, we want grown men, we want people who are competing, we're trying to win now, and, um, I mean, if James Jones is going to go that way, you may as well go all the way that way, right? right. And he's, he's a guy that you, <clears throat> if you're trading for him, you are offering that protected first-round pick because you believe he'll be part of your eight-man playoff rotation. And so that's kind of the critical question is, like, where would he play if he was on this team? Because he could play the four. Last year in Chicago, he actually spent more time at the five, right. which kind of unlocked this career year for him as a facilitator. Um, but the Suns kind of went out and got JaVale McGee for that backup five spot this year. So – I think during the regular season, it'd be kind of a mix and match thing where he could play the four in these bigger lineups or he could play the five against teams where small ball would be the good approach. The only thing is he can't really shoot, and that's a big thing. That's a huge thing. And that, that's what I think we, sometimes we get a little, we get a little uh, misguided because we think about the, the Suns' last loss, right? And that's against the Bucks and how Giannis has completely dismantled this team. Uh, and And – I don't care what anybody says. Okay, throw out Dario in that series. The same thing is going to happen. Dario ain't stopping Giannis. 
And uh, and to me, I don't think that that young is that guy that's going to stop or even slow down Giannis the way he was playing in that in those finals. So if you're bringing in Thad Young to be a difference maker, what difference is he going to make? If you're talking about the Western Conference and and the guys that he's going to have to play with in the Western Conference, you have to score. You have to score. You have to be able to shoot. Look, you could have brought in God last year and he wasn't stopping Giannis. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there was no name that was stopping Giannis. It's not about that. It's about providing quality minutes. But you need more scoring. But you need more scoring. But it's not like he can't score. He's a facilitator that can create offense for other guys, and he can score on the pick and roll. I mean, Gerald does a great job of of breaking it down in a, in his eleven minute video. Yeah, eleven minute breakdown. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's what Gerald can do when he has some time on his hands. Uh, but but to me, it doesn't always have to be. Can the guy shoot the three? Like we're we're all fascinated with a big that can can stretch the floor, but Aiton wasn't shooting the threes, and he was effective. Like, having that guy, uh, we learned last year that depth is key. They didn't make a move at the deadline, and sure, it didn't bite him in the ass until the finals, but you have to be prepared for those kind of things. And I feel like a move like this sets you up for success, and if JaVale McGee isn't the guy you actually thought he was going to be in here, you have a, a guy that can compete with him for minutes. I don't see Jalen Smith doing that in this lineup at all. There was nothing I saw at, at summer league. Yes, I know he <laughs> shot shot well league. from three. There you go. But like it just, I did not see a, the a guy that screamed to me difference maker on a championship contender. No, and and that's the problem. Is that's probably why two second rounders wouldn't be good enough. Is because Jalen Smith hasn't shown enough in his career to have that much trade value like the Spurs are going to get other offers from other teams which makes it difficult because Thad Young he's 33 year old veteran he's on an expiring contract he's a very attractive player that lots of contenders would like the only thing is like the Spurs aren't going to be like ooh, an injured Dario Saric and a number 10 draft pick who hasn't played like at all and two second rounders, like I don't know if that's going to get the job. Done. I'd like to believe that Greg Popovich thinks he can turn anybody into into a star, and and that's why Jalen and an injured Dario intrigues him. I I doubt it. I I actually don't think the Suns have enough to make make a deal because I think you're right. They will get uh, the Spurs will get better offers, but this is the kind of move that announces we're all in, and and that's why I'm so intrigued by it. I mean, Chris. I mean, the Chris Paul trade wasn't announcing that we were, you were all in. No, because I mean, like, of course this team is all in. They just got to the NBA Finals. I mean, Thad Young would not have made a big difference in the NBA Finals. Let's just go back there, right? He can't score. The, the thing about the Suns in the Finals was they lost offensive firepower because Chris Paul was injured and playing on basically one arm. Like, they needed somebody else to score besides Devin Booker, and nobody could score. They, Thad Young ain't changing that. Thad Young, I think, would have had the offense moving a little bit more, would have given them options. It wasn't like they were getting blown out in, in those games. It was little things, a possession here, a possession there, and that's the kind of thing that I think a, a Thad Young could help with. It was, I mean, you did a lot of research, Gerald, on Thad. Do you feel like that would have been the case? I feel like as a scorer, his upside is limited. He's kind of only efficient as a shooter in like that four to 14 feet range. Um, but where he really stood out was with his playmaking, was with making the right reads, um, 
not a ton of flashy passes, even though the video is kind of misleading. There's a lot of flashy <laughs> passes in there. Way to go, Gerald. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> it was he just always fundamentally made the right play. And sometimes there's something to be said for that, especially in the playoffs when, you know, the offense bogs down, when it goes ISO heavy. And he's really good on the offensive glass as well. Um, I think he was top 10 in offensive rebounding percentage despite the low minutes that he played. Um, and that could have helped in the finals. You know, they needed help on the defensive glass more than anything. But he could have helped. He wouldn't have changed the final outcome last year, I don't think. But like Saul was saying himself, I don't think you make this trade just planning for one team. You make it planning for this regular season to have that flexibility in the offseason because the Suns aren't going to have Dario Saric's playmaking. Like, they need that from the five spot, and I don't know if you trust Frank Kaminsky with that as much. And if you have a guy that can play the four or the five and can do some of those connector things like Monty Williams talks about, I wouldn't be opposed to giving up Sharich and Jalen Smith and a pick for it. I mean, Jalen Smith isn't even in the discussion. I'm sorry. Some people think I don't know why we keep bringing him up. Like, why? Because he was one of the guys we put on the graphic. Oh my gosh! I can't even see the graphic. It's like on this small little screen, like half a mile away. We're working on it. We're working on it. Lindsay, Lindsay. Well, no, I mean Thad did double his assist rate last season. So the question is, is like, was that just a one-time thing, like for that season, or is it something that maybe he just? added to his game is that something he could continue if he were to come to the Suns or stay at the Spurs or wherever he winds up because like you were saying like that could help facilitate when things get a little stagnant when you, out there do you know why you start passing it's when you know you can't score anymore well, yeah okay <laughs> I'm just gonna say that fair you should pass more on this show so oh okay well you're taking Scores all the shots score so, Saul's out here trying to dunk I mean, on all of guy. us he's just here I suppose been an asshole all day long I promise hey, you you, uh, you go you build a website until 2am and then come and host two shows and we can talk uh, Gerald thank you for the sweet sweet statin by the way we love we yes. love the stats on the show so okay real quick let me read one of these comments so Darth said it isn't only Thad who is who has been added though Shamit can add scoring. The core will be better. You don't add Thad for scoring. You add him for defensive depth. Thank you, Darth Void, a friend of the of the program, bringing up the fact that you know what Thad could do? He could open up shots for guys who can shoot. So there. Thank you. Somebody making a point that helps make my point. I appreciate that in the comments. And Titan said he still averaged 12 points a game last season. But he can't for score. For the Bulls. <laughs> or for the Spurs, I mean. Oh, for the Bulls. I mean, Bulls, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the Bulls, for sure. 21st ranked offense, not great. And anybody else making making points that we yeah, need even, to even add in here? You want me to just add to uh, sure. case here? Sure, just okay. make my case for me. So, I'm just going to sit here, Lindsay. Ethan said, Thad can't score, dot, dot, dot. But he could have created and facilitated in the second union unit, which was very all caps needed. I, the chat is my favorite. You guys are amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I you don't even have to you don't even have to super chat this episode, and I'm in love with you. Uh, speaking of things, I'm in love with DraftKings. How about that? <laughs> you got you look at what thank a segue. you, thank you the, the the peanut gallery in the, in the studio behind the camera giving the applaud. Look, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, is live in Arizona with mobile sports betting. That's right, you can make gambling. On sports games, on your phone. I make that sound so nerdy. Gambling on your sportsbook phone. Uh, yeah, you can gamble on your phone here in 
uh, in Arizona just in time for football. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. You can make the worst football bet ever in the history of bets for a dollar. You're still getting 200 bucks, which I already did today. Don't you worry. Uh, so you can uh, you can do that. There's some great uh, other things on this app in terms of, like, if the Bucks today lose by less than 73, you're getting a great bonus in there, uh, in the app. Fun stuff that DraftKings is doing. Uh, DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience, which everybody loves. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PHNX to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any game. That's promo code PHNX to get your free $200 in bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem called 1-800 next step eligibility restrictions apply max $50 wager one per customer see DraftKings slash sportsbook DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and that's not the only ad oh we got more we got more <laughs> that was a mouthful but you yeah, did a good job well, you know, I'm curious what was the bet that you made uh, I actually bet against the Bucks. I said they'd lose by more than 73 I thought uh-huh. it was a good one not the Milwaukee Bucks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> against the Cowboys. So uh, the mustache Shane Diefenbach told me not to, but uh, <laughs> our host of uh, PHNX Bets. But I said, what yeah. the hell? You know, it's free money that I'm going to get out of it anyway. So let's do it. Uh, you know, if you want great insight like that, not my bets, but you can join uh, gophnx.com. You can become a member, right? Get all the great content that we have. These shows are free. The podcasts are free. Uh, some of the video content that Gerald's going to be doing free as well, but you can get great written content, in-depth video, uh, exclusive audio, all at gophnx.com. Become a member. You can join at a monthly rate. You're going to get the first month for 50 cents. Or if you join for a year, you get a free t-shirt. And we've got some of the coolest freaking t-shirts and we're just starting. There's seven of them up there now. Uh, we're going to have a plethora. Of them. You're going to see them on this show because they're that cool. Even Lindsay Smith is going to want to rock. She's even going to want to rock these. That's how cool they are. My favorite right now, I love the Western font PHNX that looks like the old school uh, Suns jerseys. I also really like the Coyotes one. Yeah, I was going to say the Coyotes one is pretty dope. But we're in a battle with the PHNX Coyotes show to see who can sell more shirts. So... Buy both of them? I don't know. Where just, just buy them <laughs> all. If it's, it's like Pokemon Go, you collect them all. All right. So I that, mean, listen. If we're gonna lose to somebody, like I wouldn't be mad to losing to like our partners across the hallway. Yeah, you I'd know, like to beat I'm them too. Yeah. <laughs> Internal okay. rivalry okay, is good. Fine, all fine. right. Fine. <laughs> so so yes, go to phn go to gophnx.com. Sign up today. We appreciate you guys uh, more than you know for doing that. It's time for some off-season grades. None of us have really had the opportunity to break down the Suns off-season, so I thought it'd be fun to kind of look at some of the moves that they made and provide our off-season grades. The first one, uh, Suns traded the number 29 pick in the draft in Javon Carter for Landry Shamit. Uh, so I'm going to start with you. How do you feel 
about this deal and how do you think it helps the Suns this year? I mean, like the like one of the comments said just a minute ago, you know, he provides scoring off the bench. He's not the greatest defender in the world, but again, when you're talking about you know zooming in on some of the key issues that affected the Suns. Uh, last year at particular times, even in the Clippers series, there was times, I mean, hell, what the, the in game, what, five or six, where it just went 10 minutes without anybody oh, scoring. God. Like, uh, you know, it, having somebody like Landry Shamet would have helped um, on our side. Uh, so I think uh, getting somebody like him into the fold is definitely going to help. Hopefully, uh, you know, you'll have playmakers around him that they're going to be able to free him up. And I think with JaVale McGee as the backup uh, to DA and, and possibly maybe even a guy like that, the young, to be able to make the playmaking that you were suggesting, then I think uh, <laughs> adding Landry Schmidt will help. I was literally going to be like, you mean like a guy like that? <laughs> Just to poke fun at you. <laughs> what do you think? No, I mean, show? I like it too. I think, you know, he brings offense off the bench. I think he's a solid six man and he's got playoff experience, which is always a benefit when you're trying to go real deep in the playoffs and, and take home. The title, you know what I mean? So I think it was a good move. I love Javon Carter, but it was a good move. Right. I, I think he's kind of the rich man's Langston Galloway, and there were some complaints that Monty didn't always use Langston spot-up shooting to its fullest capabilities. Landry Shamet is a much better version of Langston Galloway, so he should crack the rotation. This is a nice like regular season upgrade. I don't know if it'll come through in the playoffs. I'm not sure he'll crack the rotation when that rotation gets shortened just because his defense isn't great. But, you know, the guy shot like 39% on five and a half threes per game. I think more than 70% of his career field goal attempts have come from beyond the arc. So he's a specialist. He's going to spread the floor for you. He has a very quick release. That's a good upgrade for the regular season, especially if you only had to give up Javon Carter, who wasn't really cracking the rotation anyway come playoff time. I think you do that, and I think it was a good move. Yeah, I'd talked to some members of NBA front office coaches as well and that was the read I got on Shemet. Uh, probably a nice uh, addition for the regular season could help with some scoring mm-hmm. but isn't isn't going to be necessarily the guy that's going to crack the rotation in the playoffs unless there's an injury but as we learned that's important to have uh, when you're going to make a long playoff run look I like any guy that that can spot up and, and have a big game and get hot real quick uh, he's going to be a fan favorite He's the kind of guy that fans fall in love with, right? Uh, or sometimes irrationally so in this town, and, and I'm all for that. Uh, do uh, Did I like Javon Carter? Yes. He didn't get the minutes here. There were opportunities that you thought, oh, maybe we'll see uh, see Javon Carter get in here, especially you know with the Chris Paul injury, other things, and, and we just didn't see it. So if you're not going to use a guy like that, you might as well find a piece that, that, that you're going to attempt to use. So that's uh, that's kind of where I landed on that. Next big move, we'll get to the big one. Right? Well, I'm I'm burying the lead here a bit, but Javale McGee, a one-year, five million dollar deal, addresses the backup big man position. Did you have any initial reactions or, or any thoughts since it's happened? I like it. I like Javale, and everyone I've talked to around the league who's worked with Javale and like covered him has said great things about him as well. And then I like that he was excited to be here. He genuinely sounded like he was excited to be here when he went on Arizona Sports. And I I think that's really important, obviously. (laughs) You want people who want to be on your team. Um, I'm glad that him and Book got a little bit of time together at the Olympics to kind of just get a feel for each other um, teammate-wise. 
I like JaVale, and I think he's tough, like tough physically and mentally, and I think that that could help a guy like DeAndre, even in like practices, right? Like I yeah. don't, not saying this is a comparable thing, but my mind immediately went to P.J. Tucker and Devin. Yeah. Like just somebody who can rough him up a little bit and like, you know, throw some weight at him a little bit and then help him along even further. Not as good of a shoe game as P.J. Definitely I not. I don't, I don't think anybody wonder. does. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Gerald, what were your thoughts on on the JaVale McGee sign? You mean on three-time NBA champion and summer gold medalist JaVale McGee? Look, look, I, at, <laughs> look at that. I, I really like it. I think... You know, you look at that Buck series, the Suns were just outmatched in size. They were getting killed on the offensive glass. Having a guy like JaVale McGee, like we've been saying, was not going to stop Giannis, but it would have helped with the guys like Brooke Lopez or the other big guys that they were bringing in off the bench, and the Suns had to, you know, resort to Frank Kaminsky, poor guy. So I feel like JaVale McGee, the price was a little weird. It's only $5 million, but it kind of cut into their non-taxpayer mid-level. Um but, you know, he was 10th in the NBA in blocks for 36 minutes. Like, this is a guy that produces in very limited time, and that's all you need behind DeAndre Ayton. You have a guy that's going to log 30 to 36 minutes a night. You just need to fill that other stuff in. JaVale is that same prototype, so there's not going to be a lot of different uh, sets that they need to run or incorporate for him. I think you're severely underestimating the worth of Shaq and Fool. We may get one, <laughs> or, one or two of those from JaVale, which goes into that $5 million. Saul's just sitting here like, hey, okay, when's my turn? So go ahead, Saul. What do you what do you Saul's think of Jamal? So Jamel? angry. <laughs> no, no, your no. Face, you feel <laughs> so angry. As somebody texted me this morning, he's a bit <clears throat> salty. So salty. we need that T-shirt. <laughs> All right, keep going, Espo. Um, you know, honestly, I, I think the addition of of Javel McGee has has been really good. I think that's that's somebody that on a. a Another podcast I had pointed to as, as somebody that I really wanted the Suns to bring in because he would be a bona fide big man to help back up DA. And I think more than than the on the court stuff, I think, uh, you know, uh, Lindsay kind of pointed to it, you know, throwing the weight around, even though JaVale McGee's like 125 pounds right. himself, um, you know, but <laughs> the length and the the flexibility in to try and get DA. And this is the, the key point in this is that DA for the Suns to be a bona fide contender D.A. has to take that next step to offensively to be a superstar. And with JaVel McGee continuously practicing against him, I think that's what's going to push D.A. over the top because there's not many guys in the NBA that have the kind of flexibility and the length that JaVel McGee has. And to have that every day in practice, it can only make D.A. better. Yeah, and you've been, you've been on that for a while now, that how important the D.A. development is. And I totally – Agree with you. I give you a hard time, but you are you are right more often than not on these kind of things. Don't so, kiss my ass, Espo. Just keep I'm going. Not, I'm not kissing your ass. I'll still be. Uh, let's just move on. Chris Paul. I, well, hold on, real quick. And I think Gerald brings up a good point too with the championships, the gold medal. Like again, same with Landry. Is that playoff experience is going to help a lot because it, it, I mean, this was Devin and DeAndre, Mikel, Cam. Who else down the list? Like their first experience with that, you know what I mean? And the fact that they were able to go all the way to the finals, I think is a huge shout out and kudos to them. But like having somebody who's been there, done that in those moments where you're like, dang, this is a lot harder than I expected. Or I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed mentally. They, those people are the ones who come in and pick you up and they're like, yo, shake it off and let's keep going. Yeah. You know, and I think that it's, it's, it's like it's just an invaluable piece of the puzzle to have. And when Javel was talking about, you know, you you talked about the ninety eight point seven interview. He was talking about like I don't care if I play four or five minutes. 
Like when I get in, I'm going all the way. Yeah. And just to show that on a day-to-day basis can only help, especially when you, you understand the DNA of this team behind Monty and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Like there is no halfway in. Like you're all in or you're all out. Mm-hmm. And I think JaVel fits that mold as well. And I think like I wasn't around the team as much this year or this past season, obviously, but everything I've heard is that this group is so, especially with the addition of Chris Paul, they're, we preach for – years and years and years that we're holding each other accountable. Like we want each other to hold us accountable, all that stuff. But this team actually did. Mm -hmm. And they actually were able to do it from like a respectful place as well to where, you know, it wasn't Chris Paul calling out DeAndre. It was DeAndre coming to Chris Paul and saying, yo, I need you to get on my butt. I need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong or how I can get better. And I think JaVale fits into that, that fold really well. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I just think that's something that's, Another factor to add into that is that, like, it's not being talked about anymore. It's actually being done. For sure. Yeah, look, culture is a a bullshit term until you actually have it. Right, right? exactly. Like, we heard culture for a decade here in this town. Oh, we're building a culture. No, you weren't building a culture. You were building a team that didn't necessarily get along. The Suns truly have culture now. You've got to give James Jones a lot of credit for that. And it, JaVale McGee seems like he'll fit right into this. Now, you don't know until till you know, but this is uh, this certainly feels like a guy who fits into it. A guy that's helped define that culture over the last year is Chris Paul. He got rewarded and handsomely for doing that. He opted out of his $44 million player option to sign a four-year $120 million extension. Really, it's a three-year $90 million, but it's... You know, there's ways you fudge that to make it sound a little bit better for the ego. So, Saul, so I, I don't see any way anybody can really have take umbrage with that deal. Uh, how how did you feel uh, when you saw the number that Chris Paul got? I mean, I thought that was that was perfect. That was perfect. That was exactly what you needed. I was afraid that they were going to go to, you know, maybe three years and over a hundred million or, or something like that. And I just I was a little afraid of that because I feel like you get to year two or three in this deal you know, you, you might be pushing it. You might be pushing it, especially when you see, I mean, let, let's be real. I know it's bad luck, but Chris Paul is injured almost every single season. And we thought we escaped it this year. We were like, oh man. And then the first series, he gets banged up and you're like, oh no, are you kidding me? And so he, he just has some, he, he did something bad to something or some entity somewhere and he's cursed in terms of injuries. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the worst thing ever. But anyway, uh, I think, I think the, the fact that they got a three year 90, four year 120 um, and can opt out, which I, you know, I'd be shocked if they didn't in three years considering his age and and uh, the the shelf life for for NBA players in general, um, I thought it was perfect. I like to imagine that Chris Paul did something to Cliff Paul. I mean, why, <laughs> is why this is like that? Yeah, or Jake from State Farm. There's, oh. a, there's been That's a lot. My dad. Hold on. There's been a lot of different Jakes <laughs> from dad? State Farm. I'm just Jake saying, maybe. So, a wait, wait, wait. Are you being for real? Your yeah, dad's no. Jake from State my, Farm? Not the actual guy, but my oh, dad worked like, for what? State Farm, and his name is Jake, so my father Okay, I was like, hold State on. State I need, I need to be You just dropped a clear. bomb here. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you going to be so nonchalant said, That dude's so, this. like, young. What? <laughs> I was saving it for the first show. Like, oh yeah, he, he had me when he was 10. Like, what? Do you call him that? 
On occasion, Jake from State Farm. Oh I feel like I would. Halloween, he dresses up. He wears his red polo with the name tag. Jake. That's funny. <laughs> Just don't call him late at night and ask him what he's wearing. That's weird. Chris uh, <laughs> Paul. I'm a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that was the original Jake um, from State Farm. No, I got you. I got you. All right. It just threw me for a loop for a hot second. <laughs> um, Chris Paul. Love Chris Paul. Yeah. You can't you can't not love Chris Paul. You do bring a good point, though, with injuries. It is a little concerning. And I guess the question would be, do you think this time around – they're going to rest him more throughout the regular season, throughout just at all, like it, tail end of back to backs. Like I don't think I, he's going to allow it. I, that's, but well, that's what I'm saying well, too. I, like I, underst- down I understood it? last year because you needed Chris Paul to be there every single game to hammer home the point of you can't let down, you can't mm-hmm. let up, you got to keep going. This year, I would hope that they don't need that message as, as strong because. They've lived it. They right. understand it. So I think going into the season, yeah, Monty's got to see what happened in the playoffs and say, okay, maybe we need to pump the brakes on Chris a little bit, back him off a little bit. Same thing with Devin Booker to a degree. You know, like I think at the beginning of the season, you'll see Devin Booker rest a little bit more than usual just because he's coming off the NBA Finals and then straight, straight to, the, to Olympics. the Olympics. And now he's here. He's only had a month off, and now they're, they're just about to go to camp. So I would definitely see a little bit of rest. I just – DA ain't ever going to sit down. I promise you. (laughs) You That dude better play 40 minutes a game and get going offensively. You don't change a tiger's stripes, though. And Chris Paul made it very clear when he was in OKC in his first year in Phoenix. He basically said, there's not a chance in hell I'm having strategic rest. I'm not a load management guy. You can shove that term where the sun don't shine. I mean, it was very clear about that. I just don't see him backing off on that unless he actually is injured. Gerald, do you think he will with this new deal? I, I don't think we'll see, like, what the Spurs would do where, you know, DNP rest or DNP old. Like, you're not going to see that with Chris Paul. <laughs> Could you see Monty but doing DNP that? DNP old. old. You remember that. That was a thing. But DNP happy on the farm. Happy on the farm. Happy <laughs> on the farm. Mean. Um, but I think you could see his minutes dialed back, especially when you look at the fact that this is the first year of a two- or three-year deal. Um, only $15 million is guaranteed in the third year, and then the fourth is a team option. But they need to pace him a little bit more. He's going to be paid through his age 38, age 39 season. And that's the whole point of going out and getting a guy like Alfred Payton, who we can talk about in a little bit, as he was we the starting. We, we, we do have to okay. I've in seen this, this case. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> this, this might be the footnote because he's not going to be the starting point guard anymore like he was on the Knicks. I sure uh, hope so. An absolute terror. He's the third string guy. I think as a third string guy, that's Alfred Payton's role. I think he can be decent in that role. And I think on the nights when Chris Paul, you dial his minutes back or maybe, Lord willing, rest him a little bit, then you have campaigned, you have Alfred Payton, you have a decent enough rotation for a meaningless regular season. I'll say this. I think this completely rests on the shoulders of campaign. If campaign comes out and balls his ass off, it's not going to be whether or not we need to rest Chris Paul. It's going to be like we need to play campaign a little bit more because you can kind of see the future there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's hey, long-term decisions get made in the present, and campaign can force that issue. I feel like campaign earned the respect of Chris Paul last year, which maybe changes Chris's mindset a little bit more. He's a little bit more comfortable with campaign and what he's capable of doing coming in and carrying that load when Chris can't. Uh, campaign rewarded with a three-year, $19 million uh, contract. I thought that was a great team-friendly deal. I thought he was going to get you know, more than that. I, I don't know if I'm alone in that, but does everybody feel pretty good with that number that, that came in for Cam? 
It was an absolute steal. I, I don't know how you couldn't be. I think yeah. it was one of the best moves in free agency on the peripherals. Like, I was expecting something in the three-year, $27 million range, something like that. So getting him for like $6 million a year as your backup, that's fantastic. He was one of the best pull-up three-point shooters in the league last year. Um, you know, he, he kind of fizzled in the playoffs after he got hurt a little bit. But, I mean, I was really a big fan of him. He's still only 27 years old, too. That's the thing. It, it feels like he's been around for a while, but he still has some room to grow, especially playing behind a guy like Chris Paul. So I loved that deal. I, I think on my son's off-season grades piece, I gave it the only A-plus of all the summer. because You're supposed to make him read it. You're supposed to say, I gave him a good Spoiler. grade, but if you want to see it, go to gophnx.com. That's the teaser. Yeah, there Just you a go. teaser. <laughs> uh, look, I, I told you I was going to bury the lead. And the biggest signing of the year, obviously. We're going back to Kaminsky Cove, baby. Oh, no. Frank the Tank <laughs> is back. No? Okay, then. I Let's like move on Frank. The I'm sorry. <laughs> Frank's a nice guy. I always root for the nice guys. I can't. We love Frank. Here. I love all, like, this This is going to be so difficult if you ever are like, which is your favorite player on the team? I'm going to be like, literally all of them. I can't pick. <laughs> I like Frank. He's nice. So, so who was your favorite? No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> look, I, I, I joke, yeah. but uh, Suns bring back Abdel Nader, Frank Kaminsky. Again, I think that speaks to the culture portion of it. There's something to, to be said about consistency, even with guys that won't necessarily get major minutes. Both of those guys felt, to, felt like they really fit the culture. Abdel may get more minutes than Frank because Monty seems to really like what Abdel Nader brings it brings to this team, but you think he liked him so he much he put him back in the conference finals after not playing for like three months. Everybody's like, oh, it doesn't matter shit. that Abdel's back. Still didn't. I still to this day don't understand what happened there. That I was, was like, gnarly. man, did, he must know where the bodies are buried or something. <laughs> hey, I didn't get it either, but he's back, so we might see it again. Hopefully, as long as we can sweep the Denver Nuggets again. Uh, but that's for the Ooh. the Denver people in the crowd. The NBR people are not happy. <laughs> game one, game baby. One, game one. Our friends up to the DMVR are gonna have a fun time with us. Uh, look, a move that got a lot of attention, and I'm still not 100% sure why, <laughs> but uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I really uh, thought you were about to transition to a DraftKings <laughs> 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 I, I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Where's this going? I don't even understand why, but here's <laughs> DraftKings. <laughs> I'm better than that. Come on. It's awkward, but not that awkward. Not going to make that joke. Uh, Tyshawn Alexander uh, winds up getting waived. Mm-hmm. Seemed like it, it divided Suns Twitter in a very odd way. Maybe it's because it's the off season and we're just used to, to, to things you know going sideways in the off season. But to me, I, it was pretty obvious when when Tyshawn didn't get minutes as a starter in summer league that something was up. It did not feel surprising. I. So my thing with the Tyshawn Alexander waving, it's not so much about Tyshawn himself because if a guy's coming off the bench for your summer league squad, he's not in your future plans. He's just not. But my thing is like coupled with them selling the G League team the year before with not having anybody else on the two-way slots until they made another move. I was just kind of like, are they just totally punting on development? Because I understand this is a title contender. Your focus is on you know, scouting the rest of the league, finding the guys that can help you get over the hump. But like, you can do both if you have a G League team or if you have a development program. You don't have to do one or the other. So that that's why it was confusing to me. He wasn't going to impact their rotation at all. 
But why was it confusing? Because once you get rid of your G League team, you're pretty much saying, hey, we right. don't care about development, right? right. The, the writing was on the wall. I was just wondering who the hell is writing it and why they're writing on my wall. Like, leave it alone. <laughs> like, because it's somebody writing checks usually. Okay. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> who the hell is writing and why they're writing on my wall? Put that in the chat. There we go. By the way, e- Ethan. I think that was my favorite line of this whole entire show. That was great. Ethan in the chat says, awkward, but not that awkward. Expo's upcoming autobiography. <laughs> I told my publisher not to, to not to let that out. But look, I think development when you're pushing for a championship is just something that isn't at the forefront of your mind. And development and, and the G League in particular wasn't a real benefit to this franchise when they were doing it. So I think it's recency bias why why they're not necessarily looking at it. They did fill the spot. They signed Chandler Hutchinson uh, to, to fill that fill that two-way spot. So they do have somebody on a two-way contract. I'm not sure which G League team they're sending him to. It may be a floating option. But to me, you're playing on the fringes. Right now, you're trying to trying to win big money. You're not... You're not trying to worry about, you know, the, the small change in the cup holder right now. So I wrote about this as well. I'm going to keep saying that, I swear, every <laughs> night. But Gerald wrote about a lot. So it? it's good that they filled the two-way spot. It also kind of fits in perfectly with James Jones' strategy when it comes to the draft, when it comes to trades, free agency. He's looking for more experienced, mature guys. So, like, even though this is a two-way slot and it's virtually meaningless, most likely – Chandler Hutchinson's a guy that's been in the league for three years now. There aren't a lot of two-way players that have been in the league for that long. So even with the two-way spot, he's still looking for experience. Um, you know, six-foot-six wing, not a great shooter. But it, it just kind of goes to show that his strategy is cohesive across the board. He's not looking for projects like Tyshawn, maybe. But he's going with more experienced guys that might actually be able to contribute. So I was okay with that move. And I, I'm glad that that happened after the Tyshawn thing because not having any two-way players would have been a weird look. Yeah. yeah. And the Suns are, are definitely betting on not needing, uh, you know, that, that development, that, that youth talent. It could backfire because you need cheap talent when you have a, a salary-heavy roster. But speaking of betting, ah, <laughs> you knew it was coming. Got me again. DraftKings. Oh look, I, I, honestly, I've, I've never been – much of a better because it hasn't been uh, been legal here. I'm a rules follower, if you can't tell. And I signed up today, this morning, for DraftKings. I used that sweet PHNX code and got that $200 bonus when I bet $1 on that Bucks game. You know, that, that big uh, losing by 73 points uh, bet that I made. But, look, it was easy. Like I don't know if you guys have signed up yet, and, and I'm genuinely saying this. I wasn't sure what to expect. Never been in a sportsbook app. Uh, and it was one of the easiest easiest experiences I've had, uh, and I was impressed with that. So I, I don't know, Saul. I, I think you signed up today yep. as well. Yep. I mean, did you find it as simple as I did? It's very easy. Yeah, it's very user intuitive. Uh, it it the interface is very simple and easy to use. You can figure things out. Um, you know, and, and in addition to that, like because of DraftKings and and their support of our show, like we'll have other content. That helps with learning how to bet. Um, so you can use that app even more. So I, I definitely think that, that that app is probably the best one out there. I'm not trying to say that because I'm biased or anything, but I've looked at the other apps, and 
they were a little bit more difficult to get around and navigate around. So um, outside of just going directly into a sports book, um, the DraftKings app is as good as you can possibly get in terms of doing everything just at the palm of your hand instead of having to physically drive somewhere to go place a bet. Now, did they have odds on what were the chances that there'd be hockey bobbleheads on the table for a sun show? <laughs> I just noticed that came up in the chat, and I, I looked down, and and uh, the Coyotes guys don't pick up after themselves. Uh, we got to talk to them. They just leave their stuff all over the studio. I mean, it's just unfortunate. They did leave a cowbell, but that's fun. I mean, you can always use a cowbell. But you know what, guys? You're not prepared for this, but this is it's time for the best segment of the show. It's time for Espo's Big Board. <laughs> oh, hoy, hoy. Today's Big Board is, can we get the graphic no, back up there? Like, oh, we, oh, just hoy, leave hoy. it up there. There we go. Shane Diefenbach on the controls back there. Today's Big Board is off-season Suns moves that Almost happened, but they never were really sons. Number five, Bobby Knight almost became the coach of the Phoenix Suns. Does anybody realize that in the 70s, Bobby Knight almost left Indiana and became the head coach of the Suns? I was born in 91, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, Gerald and I literally just made eye contact. <laughs> like, does anybody remember in the I, 70s? I, and I, we're was, just like, I was born uh, in 79, and I didn't even know that. So. <laughs> Sir, we weren't even thought of at that point in time. I wasn't either. How old do you guys think I, <laughs> I am? I don't know. Espo's got a very, very old soul, and I thought Lindsay had the oldest soul here. <laughs> I do. So I'm way off on this. I do, though. Steve Holler, dear Lord, the big board came with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's here, and there's new graphics for it, too, which are terrifying. <laughs> Nate Robinson, number four on the list. He was the 2005 21st pick from the Suns in the draft. He was traded the New York Knicks on draft night with Trenton Richardson. Yeah, and that was when the Suns were looking for backup point guards. Remember that? Mm -hmm. They could never find one. They kept just drafting good ones. There's another one on this list. Ben Wallace, one of my favorite Suns who never were really Suns. I mean, he deserves a spot in the what-if ring of honor. He was traded to the Suns. Uh, for Shaq, back when Shaq was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number two on the list, another one of those backup point guards that never was, Rajon Rondo, mm -hmm. a guy who proved to be one of the best backup uh, or one of the best guards. He was a great starting guard with the Celtics. Could have been an amazing backup to Steve Nash. But my favorite on this list, number one, and, and Gerald and Lindsay, you guys are old enough to remember mm -hmm. this yep. one. It was a few years back, but Karan Butler was actually a member of the Suns. He was acquired with Eric Bledsoe from the Clippers and then was traded a month later to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, what's interesting about this is, unlike any of these other people on the list, he actually wore a Suns uniform. <laughs> it is the, the, he is the greatest son to wear a uniform and never play a game because he was in a fashion show for the jerseys that were released. I was trying to remember what <laughs> yes. it was. I was like, I knew it had something to do with like a press release type situation. You remember fashion those god awful jerseys uh, that they <coughs> the that they rolled ones out, or whatever they were, the mm -hmm. the orange ones yeah. where where they looked like uh, extremely buff uh, Home Depot workers. <laughs> that was what Karan Butler wore, and it is on my list of random jerseys I need to acquire. And <laughs> I I think I know who still has it. With the Suns, it is still out there, and I will. It's my white whale. I will get that eventually. So that's Espo's big board. Usually they're more obscure than that, but I thought we'd ease everybody in on the new. Show. How many jerseys do you have? How many jerseys? I probably have twenty game worn. Uh, but total, like how many jerseys in your collection? Probably forty. My wife 
lent me a whole closet in the house that I can just stuff that nice stuff in. Nice. Yeah, hung up a hung, <laughs> hung up a bar no. that I can hang it up. Yeah, <laughs> my space. I I acquired a game worn Marco Millich jersey. You guys have no clue who that is, but that was I do unfortunately. It was a, a yeah. he was the first <laughs> Slovenian to play for. The, I'm boring the crap out of people right now, aren't I? Do you guys have a big jersey collection? I've got about twenty. Probably. Yeah, I have about ten. Okay. Well, I have right. like four. They all have my name on the back. I haven't it. gotten one in, geez, at least a decade. Saul's requesting that you send jerseys to the studio. I am not, because yes, I will never know. wear them. <laughs> well, look, let's let's double back. We asked at the beginning of the show, what was your emoji that kind of described the Suns offseason? Uh, we asked the chat. We'll pull some of those up as we go along. But let's ask ask the group here. Lindsay, uh, what was your emoji to describe the Suns season? Um. I picked the puzzle piece mainly just because I was trying to find an emoji that wasn't like what everyone would say. And I feel like there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle. And I'm not talking about like player specific because they're human beings. They're not puzzle pieces, but there are other pieces to the puzzle, like the fans showing up again the way they did when the Suns were in the playoffs last season. Like we have to keep that energy going. And I mean, I'm just going to put this one out there, but as far as we're talking about the fans, like we have to get Devin to an all-star game by votes yes. this year. <laughs> yes. Like not Real just talk. because like Real an injury talk. or whatever, like we got to go all out as fans this year. Like it's about time Devin gets in there um, from our doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, different things like that. I mean, yes, players kind of fall into place and we're not fully there yet as far as what James Jones could be doing or have up his sleeve. Um, but I think there's just a lot of little pieces that'll fit in, like, you know, new arena, great crowds, great chemistry with our players, like the continuity of a lot of them coming back, I think is going to be huge for us too. And just how these additional guys kind of slide into that and how quickly they can slide into that. I think he gets the Kendall bump this year too. So, uh, let's, let's go to jinxed us right now. uh, (laughs) You're going to be the one that I hit. (laughs) Because I mentioned Kendall. Like, I was talking about. Uh, about just Kendall saying. Marshall, Kendall the former Marshall. Suns great. Real quick, did you guys see the Kendall tweet that went out today? No, no did about she get a Ben rant? Simmons. Oh, oh, the the tweet that said somebody should hire Kendall or somebody should hire Kendall Jenner to the uh, 76ers front office because she knows how to trade Ben Simmons for a superstar. Oh yeah, I read that. Oh, yeah. oh like, my god! I literally saw that and I was like, oh my god! Yeah, that is damn. Yeah. It was damn. Yeah. I was like, I haven't seen a tweet like this come across my timeline in a Man. minute. Did you see the Philadelphia news station that that dude sent out that the was video so of a mean? Dumpster being Terrible. flooded down. That and they were like, this so is footage mean. of Ben Simmons leaving Philadelphia. And I was like, oh my god, that's just ruthless. That's Philly. That's, 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 really, that's so terrible. It's the town that booed Santa Claus and threw crap <laughs> at him. Are we shocked? <laughs> now, well, first of all, I thought DMVR was in the house. All of a sudden, Philly showed up. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on in here. How do, oh how do we gosh. remove? A, I don't know how we got fans in the building, but oh, we do. So we've got a live studio audience. Uh, Gerald, what was your uh, emoji to describe the offseason? Um, it was this little okay symbol, this guy. I think it was it was nice, you know. It was a nice. good. It wasn't the best like off season of anyone in the league, but they took care of business. They brought back guys for continuity's sake, like you said, and this team was always going to be kind of their trajectories predicated on internal growth. Yeah. So they kept all of that. Um, I still think it's a little bit incomplete because we still need DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges contract extensions. But so far, I've liked pretty much everything. The Peyton thing is kind of unexciting, but other than that, it was nice. Speaking of DeAndre Ayton and 
Kale Bridges contract extensions. Gerald will have pieces on that on gophnx.com over the next few days. You didn't tease it. I did it this time. <laughs> uh, Saul, what was your emoji? My emoji was just uh, the guy with the zipper over his mouth because I don't really have much to say about it. It was, it, it, you know, they did the things that they needed to, to, to do. They brought the guys back that they needed to bring back. They didn't lose anybody. Um, it was very kind of, you know, it didn't really do anything. It just... I won't okay. stand for this Etuan Moore erasure. <laughs> I, well. I love that it sounds like I've got nothing to say about this. I've spoken all show, so I'm good now. Yeah. What's mine? Can we put that up? The zombie. The zombie. Look, look I, I, I took a challenge from our friends at DNVR and let them pick my emoji. Uh, and you know what? I, I feel like this is the rest of the league's The Walking Dead. The Suns have put together a roster that will take care of business now. I like the chemistry. They addressed uh, the backup big situation uh, with JaVale McGee. They have room to uh, still sign somebody if somebody's bought out or something else comes about. They have some room with potential trades. I like what they have. Uh, you know, The rest of the league, in particular the Denver Nuggets, are the walking dead, and that's why I you went know, to you, Zombie. You could have gone like Rob Zombie with insatiable appetite for a championship. Yeah. Could have done that. I could have gone with uh, Michael Jackson as a zombie, and it was a thriller of an off season. Hey, oh, hey! Look <laughs> we'll at that. There's a lot of <laughs> options that we could have. Challenge me, and I will take on the challenge. So there we go. Uh, and shout out to Ethan. Oh in the, 28 in the, days later, kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, it's it shout out to Ethan in the chat that wants to know when the Lindsey Smith jersey will be available. Go to gophnx.com, become a member, and we'll get you a Lindsey Smith jersey in the T-shirt store, and you can get that bad boy for free. Look at that, plugging things there. So that is the end of our inaugural PHNX Suns podcast. I am so glad that you all joined me, uh, as if this is just my show. <laughs> Thank you all for being here with me. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for I, having uh, us. Big shout-out to Lindsey Smith. Welcome back. To being in, in the Suns you. discussion, I know Twitter is loving it, and they can follow you at Lindsey Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget on Twitter, and that is his real handle, not his burner. <laughs> R.I.P.Z.W.O. <laughs> and you can follow at Saul Bookman at underscore Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore now is there. Get, everybody's getting confused. They're like, underscore Saul Bookman? It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> At matter. Saul underscore I'm the Bookman. only Saul Bookman out there. The underscore is there because of all the love that uh, that everybody shows him. He has to have room for that. I am at Espo on Twitter. Hate, follow me if you'd like. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore Suns. And until next time, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 11 here on PHNX. PHNX.